Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Keeping the economy from collapsing at the same time stopping the spread of the COVID-19 virus is a balancing act. It is complex and it is difficult. Public health officials want to keep the lid on the spread of the virus until they can get needles in arms. We heard that last week from Dr. Ian Gmill, the acting chief medical officer of health for the local health unit. Meanwhile, politicians and business owners are worried that without sufficient economic activity, we will be plunged into a recession or even a depression. They worry it will take years before we will recover. Today's show will try to shed some light on the business side of this tension. The first interview is with Brenda Whitehead, CEO of the Port Hopeton District Chamber of Commerce. She will be talking about a recently released report on the state of the Ontario economy. It is especially interesting because it has a lot to say about business confidence and the future. Then, I will talk to two businesswomen in Northumberland. These entrepreneurs received a micro-grant from a federal program run locally by Venture 13. They will share the impact of the financial aid, but also share their experiences and thoughts about the pandemic's impact on their small business. But first, here's my interview with Brenda Whitehead, CEO of the Port Hope District Chamber of Commerce. I'm so pleased to have with me today Brenda Whitehead, CEO of the Port Hope and District Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to Consider This. Hi, Robert. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, as always, to be here. The Ontario Chamber of Commerce recently released a report on the economy and business confidence, employment and government support. Can you summarize the overarching findings for us, please? Robert, uh, what I'd really like to do is sort of give you an overall, um, an overview of what the report is and and where it comes from. Uh, Really what it is, is is an exploration of Ontario's competitiveness um, using three different uh, sources of information, um, three different sections. Uh, The first is the business confidence survey. which is benchmarking small business competitiveness uh, with the small business friendliness indicator. And then there's also examined uh, regional growth projections in the economic outlook. So really what it does is it's taking um, a look at Ontario's competitiveness, including uh, perceived gaps between micro and macroeconomic uh, situations, how friendly or not our environment is for smaller firms. And um, the other thing is uh, looking at the differences in experience among regions of the province. So all of these are factors and tiers that the government looks at um, as they seek to make Ontario more competitive for business. So the Ontario Economic Report takes all of this um, and puts it out there for us to uh, be able to look at uh, things like confidence gaps and how businesses are feeling about the economic outlook of the province. Now the report makes it clear that the impact of the pandemic on the economy has been negative. The report says 
that only 21% of those surveyed feel confident regarding Ontario's economic outlook. What is your sense of how local business people feel? Um, it is. It was a very, um, you know, when we were doing a review of the economic report uh, with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce and the, and the network of uh, chambers, I don't know that any of us were really uh, surprised with the the uh, low percentage of respondents um, that express their confidence in the economy. Um, it, it has never really been um, a, f- a fulsome number to begin with. I think in 2019 it was only 30%. Um, so that, you know, it is almost a 10% drop. Um, and I don't think any of us uh, were surprised by that, partially because um it's hard to do any kind of economic projection for Ontario with all of the trade uncertainty, you know, the fiscal restraints, um, predictions for global growth around us starting to decrease. Um, it really is um, not surprising. I think at the local level, we're all feeling the same thing. We're not really sure where things are going Um you know, right now we're all living in the stay-at-home uh, regulations that are happening. We're hoping for an announcement over the next couple of days with regards to the reopening of the economy, how that's going to happen, what it's going to look like so that we're not back here again, you know, in, in another three months' time like we were the last time. So I don't know that any of us were really surprised that that number is low just based on the uncertainty that uh, the COVID situation has put us all into. Well, when you look at it, just flip that number around, what we're really saying is 80% of business people are not confident in the economy. Are they really that down about how things are going? Um, I don't think it's a direct reflection of how people um, themselves are feeling. I think it's on the greater scale of the economy. Um, I think that a lot of our local businesses um, are positive about being able to be resilient, uh, do the infamous pivots that are required, um, and and really depend on our community to help sustain our community and continue to build our community. Um, I don't think that there is that much uh, pessimism in the local situations. I think when you look at uh, some of the data as it was collected, it really is referring more to uh, the larger areas. One of the cool things with the um, OER this year is that they really did go down into some of the regional um, outlooks and um, if you, you if you take a look at it, it does talk about Eastern Ontario, um, which we are part of. We sort of overlap the GTA and the um, and the Eastern Ontario regions, and um, you know, I don't believe it's as low as it was in the larger communities. Well, when you look at the the drop, and you made mention of this, two years ago, it was almost at 30%. However, only a year ago, it was sitting at 25%, and now it's down to 21%. So it really doesn't seem like it's a huge amount that it's dropped. I I really do believe, Robert, that it has to do with uh, the impacts of COVID and the very much um, the uncertainty of what's going on. Um, There is also... um, a lot of 
things that have happened in the past that are continuing. So um, things like the high cost of living, uh, which is a, a pretty big um, impediment to the province's growth. So there's not a lot of opportunity uh, to continue to grow communities. I mean, you can think about that even locally uh, for us, the cost to live here versus the cost uh, versus the benefits of working here. You know, they really do... Um, complement each other. I think the other thing too is the skills shortages. So in a lot of our communities, we may not have the skilled trades, the skilled um, sets of skills that we need in order to develop our communities and, and build that bigger economy again. And then of course, you also have to think about the um, input costs. So things like industrial electricity rates, which are higher in Ontario than most jurisdictions in uh, North America. So I, I do think that there are other bigger uh, factors that are, again, like I said, it's the larger economy than it is more the um, microeconomy of our local community. Now, it's interesting that the local numbers for the study show that an actual increase in the positive way that businesses feel. I mean, in our region, the numbers are higher than the rest of the province. When they ask if a business feels that there is an opportunity to thrive in the community, more than half said yes. Why do you think local businesses might answer yes? Does it have to do with small businesses, with the relationship with local people, with its relationship with the community? Can you give us some insight? Um, my answer to all three of your does it, does it would be yes, yes, and yes. I think that in uh, smaller communities where our small businesses are our neighbors, they are our friends, they are our families, you know, the, the push that we as the chamber have been doing in Port Hope uh, with the um, municipality and the HBIA, you know, the whole local support, local thing, I think that we do uh, focus or really do try to support what happens within our community to keep our own community thriving. And I mean, I also think the other side of it too is that people who run small businesses have what I like to refer to as the entrepreneurial spirit. You know, they are risk takers. They didn't go into business to have their business shut down. They have a dream. They have a vision that they're working towards. And I think that those that are successful and have that level of confidence understand that entrepreneurial spirit of continuing to move things forward um, and trying to fight for what they really want as opposed to, you know, going to work for, you know, the man or the other systems that are out there. Are you seeing the federal and government provincial responses also adding to, to the optimism that some businesses are feeling right now? Uh, that could be a conversation all on its own. Um, if we were sitting in a room of businesses um, and business owners and business managers, they would all answer the question very differently, depending on the impacts to their individual business. Um, just to be clear, uh, the hypothetical John Smith, who owns Corner Store A, may not have needed rent subsidy because he owned the building. Um, however, you know, Jane Doe, who's down at the other corner, um, she is a renter and is very thankful that the new rent subsidy program um, has been introduced to help offset some of those costs. I think that it does add to uh, the small town communication system. I know that we as the chamber have been sharing a lot of that information on a regular basis with the business community and encouraging those who are eligible to, 
apply. I think there's also just as much frustration for some of the businesses who are not finding themselves eligible. I think our biggest uh, gap in, you know, provincial and federal funding comes from new business startups, businesses that hadn't been in business long enough to have comparator numbers to the previous year, and those businesses that are we're just starting to build, uh, whether it be a physical building or whether it be a business strategy, when uh, the pandemic hit. Uh, I do believe that they will um, continue to work towards getting their end results, which is their which is their open business. And I do believe that the provincial and federal supports are helping our small businesses to stay positive. Now, one of the things that we've heard from businesses, I, I, I know on social media and through various other news media, that they're very concerned uh, about falling through the cracks that there are businesses that don't qualify for any of the programs and that there, there is no lifeboat for them to get into or lifeline for them to pull on so that they can get a, a handout. What are we experiencing locally? Um, I, I think it's exactly what you just said. They, they're not eligible because they are new businesses. They didn't have enough of the numbers to meet the check marks. Um, they weren't forced to close because they could do, you know, curbside delivery, you know, those types of things. Um, I mean, fortunately, in within Port Hope at this point, we haven't seen a lot of businesses that have uh, shuttered themselves uh, based on the current situation and the current uh, level of confidence in the uh, economy and and where things are going. Uh, I think that that is yet to be seen because we are uh, a little bit smaller, a little more supportive of what's going on. Some of our businesses had better Decembers uh, than they've had in 10 years, um, in according to conversations and such that we've had. Um, so I don't know exactly what the falling through the cracks picture looks like. I do know that we are spending a lot of time as chambers of commerce uh, doing advocating with the uh, province and the uh, federal systems, you know, to try and get them to understand and represent and recognize that there may be some that fall through that we are going to have to have some type of bounce back uh, system for. Now, another aspect that's been quite well publicized has been the the ability of the big box stores to open and offer a wide range of, of, of products and services. What are you finding when you talk to your members? Uh, how are they feeling about this? Again, Robert, it depends on which business you talk to. Um, some of them totally understand. They, they get that, you know, the fewer places that are open for people to uh, transfer um, and to come in contact with each other, um, they understand that that's a, that's a requirement. Um, there are some businesses who um, completely don't get it, and, um, you know, we, we understand and relate to them too. We can totally get their frustrations. We've had some businesses who have asked us to do, you know, live protests in uh, Memorial Park asking people or telling the government to stop putting these restraints on business and that the economy wheel has to keep running and keep moving forward. Um, one of the things that uh, 
we have asked for. It actually um, is is just launching in the next couple of days, and um, you will receive more information uh, formally um, in the next little bit. But we have written letters as the Ontario Chamber Network to both the Premier of the province and to um, each of our local MPPs. And what we have asked them for is a little bit more consistency uh, with regards to, you know, again, reinforcing the fact that each region's experience differs significantly across the province. So um, transmission rates, tracking and tracing capacity, other variables, you could be in Port Hope and we know what our numbers are here and then you know just a half hour down the road in in durham region those numbers are exponentially different so um we need the province to continue to recognize the differences uh, but we also need uh, an approach to reopening and to continuing to uh run the wheel of the economy uh with more of a predictable and coordinated effort uh, so that we open in you know, a little bit more harmony that prioritizes individual safety, but has a focus on that economic stability, right? Um, we've, we've been talking to them about creating better readiness plans on sectors and, and regions, giving advance notice, you know, like you now have four days to open your business or four days to close your business. There needs to be a little bit more advance notice with very clear guidelines with a full-on communication, with training available so employers have the information they need to keep them, their staff and their customers completely safe. We're asking about workforce management systems like uh, tools for self-screening and assessment by employees, you know, as part of the comprehensive workforce management system. We're also uh, really doing a lot of advocating around rapid testing and the fact that we need to get employees back to work quickly um, if there are any symptoms or if they are identified as a point of contact. And then we also want a little bit more evidence-based decision-making um, with the testing and tracing solid or a little bit more solid than you know, more accurate assessments where and how the virus is spreading so that we can work with the businesses and enable businesses to remain open. Um, and then, of course, um, that will also allow for uh, the continued support to be directed to those who need it the most. And also, um, you know, we're really glad that they're leveraging the private sector to support the vaccine distribution and deployment. You know, businesses need to be able to support the awareness of that, the logistical capabilities, best practices. So I think all of those address, you know, the fact that there has been some uh, lack of clarity, we would say, as to why some businesses can stay open, you know, um, and not necessarily just be focused on the essential actual essential needs um, as being able to go out and physically shop and pick up. Yes, you can you can imagine just how delicate a balance it is. I mean, when you talk to health officials, and, and I've interviewed the acting chief medical officer for our area, they, of course, are extremely concerned back into contact with each other because they want to get ahead of this by getting, you know, needles in arms and, and vaccines out. So how do, how do we strike this balance? It, it it really is a huge question and it's a loaded question and I think that's why there's so many struggles and I think that's why 
there are so many mixed emotions about what is currently happening. I think that the reality is that public health and safety is a priority for everybody, whether you're the health department, whether you're a government official, or whether you're an Ontario business. You know, um, the Chamber of Commerce operates Service Ontario, and we have this conversation on a daily basis because we are opened, we're considered an essential service, but you don't need to renew your stickers. You will need to renew them, uh, please be advised of that. But, you know, right now they're saying you don't need to come out. It's it's not really in a reason um, um, to be out in the public. And so we, you know, as our own small business, we're constantly balancing the word of the health and the state of the situation with the demands of the customer and our own economy and how we can, you know, continue to be in business. And I think finding that balance has a lot to do with those things that we're advocating for. You know, find the evidence. Where is the virus spreading? Let's, let's you know, let's be real in the fact that, I mean, everybody knows, you know, the situation with long-term care and, and uh, group living situations. That's obviously a place where um, there's some, some resources needed. Outside of that, where are some of the other places happening? You know, if it really is in restaurants, then what are we doing to help to stem that other than closing the doors? You know, what are the other things that we can do to increase things like rapid testing, contact tracing at the door? You know, I, I think that there's an awful balance that would be amazing if we could figure it out. And I don't know that anybody has the formula. And that's why we get stuck in in the situations that we're in now. Like you said, it starts to go okay. People start to feel confident and comfortable. Um, it really is about us as individuals taking responsibility and being accountable for our actions and our reactions and being able to balance that health and safety priority. Now, one of the things that was most surprising about the Ontario Chamber of Commerce report was the reasons business people lacked confidence in the economy. The list included a high level of national debt, a high level of provincial debt, and on and those were the t top two. And then in the face of the pandemic, is it really important to be worried about debt? Isn't it important to spend the money to support business and people right now? I mean, spending the money necessary to protect people in the face of a pandemic and do whatever is necessary to keep people alive seems to be a priority. So why are these things so important in the context of everything else that is going on? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, any business person, you know, the, the reality is that what we, what is given out now has to be paid for later. Right. So there are some businesses that are not requiring assistance. They're thriving. They're doing the things they need to do. There are some businesses that are surviving because they're getting some of the support from the provincial and the federal. And all of these supports that have been introduced, whether it's wage subsidy, whether it's uh, digital transformation stuff, whether it's to help cover costs for um, PP equipment, you know, personal protective equipment, um, all of these costs come from the tax base and so as it continues to grow there also has to be plans for how it's going to be returned because yes governments can run you know with a deficit but eventually that deficit has to be paid back somehow and it's going to come back to us and our children and you know word on the street is even potentially our grandchildren who will be continuing to pay back the dollars and cents from the pandemic. Earlier, you talked about some businesses had their best December ever. Is there a silver lining 
at all in this pandemic for local business? bright spots. I think that um, there's been some really good uh, reality stuff. You know, there's been a few businesses who have closed their bricks and mortar because they know they can run their business using the technology that's available to them. You know, they can store their products in a, in a garage at their home. Uh, they can not worry about paying rent, you know, that kind of stuff and still continue. I think that those are the types of silver linings that people are looking at how they can do business differently. They're starting to better understand, you know, there was always a little bit of a gap in understanding customer patterns and shopping patterns, especially between those who were raised with no technology and those who live and breathe the technology. Um, and I think that all of us, you know, whether we're a, a retail store, whether a, we're a professional service, whether we're a not-for-profit organization, we've all had to look at how we do business and think about the different facets of customer service so that we can continue to build the relationships, uh, continue to uh, thrive as our own business, and continue to contribute back to the community at the same time. So if I was to say, has there been a silver lining, I would say that would be the lining, uh, that people are looking at how to do business differently and are working together to support each other and, and build those differences into new ways of doing things. The report said 64% of the businesses within our region said they believe the economy will rebound after the pandemic. What's your sense of the members' feelings about the future? Um, I, I think that the 64% is a really good reflection of our community. You know, I would say that of the, the remaining 36%, if my math is correct, I would say, you know, 10 to 15% of them, maybe even 20% of them really are just uncertain and don't want to answer because of the things that we've already talked about, you know, the, the uncertainty, the, the, the government costs, the, the real uncertainties with regards to where things are going to go. Um, I do think that, um, you know, we have been focused on building back better. We've been focused on coming back um, bigger and better, being cautious with the things that we're doing right now um, in order to still survive and that we're all looking forward to being able to thrive. I think you have people that are out there that want to go shopping and they want to buy things and they want to, you know, come and visit and, and help the tourism side of things, which, you know, would be great for our economy all around. And I really do believe that that's where we're headed uh, within the region. Brenda Whitehead, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Robert, uh, thank you for having us. That was my interview with Brenda Whitehead, CEO of the Port Hope District Chamber of Commerce. To me. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.